Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. This podcast exists to have meaningful conversations to help you win at home. And today, we are going to be tackling the super fun topic of discipline. It's everyone's least favorite thing, yes, but most necessary thing, and we have a few people joining us today to talk about that. Um, my name is Joel. I work with our fifth and sixth grade ministry, and today I am also joined by Ryan Hammond. Yep, I'm Ryan Hammond, and I work with our seventh and eighth graders, our middle school students. And uh, Jessica Ballou. Yes, I am Jessica Ballou, and I work with fifth sixth ministries as well. And I'm Kevin, and I'm the Life Stage One pastor. I oversee all of our student ministries and I am a big disciplinarian of our staff. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kevin is here because he does Dad's here today. Dad's here, <laughs> so to speak. Yes, yeah, so, so today, like I already said, we're tackling the topic of discipline. Discipline is something that uh, everyone knows it's important, but oftentimes it's not executed super, super well. Um, and we can all look back and think of times that our parents did discipline really well, our parents didn't do discipline really well. But discipline is one of those realities that if you have young people in your house, you're not escaping it. You have to do some kind of discipline. And if you're not, then your life isn't going to be Your house awesome. is probably chaotic if yes. not. <laughs> yeah, even if you have it, your house is probably chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking back, you know, I think a lot of times our frame of reference for discipline initially stems from our parents and how they handled discipline for us growing up. Um, And as I was thinking about my parents and how they handle discipline, I was thinking, man, is there a time where I really, really messed up, but my parents handle the discipline side of things really, really well. And instantly, an instance popped out into my mind of a time when my parents were out of town. Uh, It was during a school week. I was in high school and my younger sister was in high school. We're the, the only ones still at home. My parents were out of town and we were running late for school. And I had my driver's license. My little sister didn't even have her learner's permit yet. Um, And we were running late, and I was the one who was not ready because I overslept or or something like that. And it was really cold outside. And I told my little sister, hey, why don't you go and start the car? Now, I drove a stick shift. So, little sister. <laughs> I think I know where this she is going. Like 13 yeah. or 14. You know, and, I, and so I gave her like a two minute crash course on here's how you start the stick shift car. You know, you got to push the brake and push in the clutch and do that at the same time. And, um, you could have been ready by the time you talked yes, about exactly. the stick shift. Um, and so she was like, okay. And so she went out there. And next thing I know, I hear the engine rev in the the driveway. (laughs) And my sister, there was a fence that sort of marked the end of our driveway. She had driven the car through the fence. Um, And right out of the gate, initially, I'm like, oh, this is bad. But she did it. No. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, the car had a little, some dangerous scrapes. The fence was obviously obliterated. I think we killed like a flower pot too. And um, so we went to school. I called my parents and they were like, okay, we'll deal with it when we get home. And I'm thinking I'm off the hook, right? Mm, Right. Uh, But my parents came home and I was not off the hook. In fact, my little sister didn't get in trouble at all. Rightfully, I was the only one (laughs) in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't being very wise. Um, but yeah, my parents, um, you know, they did a really good job in the instance of explaining to me, like, the idea of we left you in charge, we expected you to be responsible, and you weren't. 
Right. Um, and you, we forgive you, but there's still consequences to that. Um, and they laid out, you know, I think I was grounded for like a month. And, um, you know, and it was interesting because my parents actually used that instance too to bring up some other areas of like, hey, this is kind of a pattern that we're seeing in you of when like it's time to step up to the plate with responsibility and wisdom. You like you're just not doing a good job with that. Wow. And so in that like month of being grounded, they kind of use it as an opportunity to show me some other areas in life. Like, hey, this isn't very great. Like, you could do better here. And it actually led to me uh, ending a relationship I was in in high school that was really bad. And all, you know, so a lot of good came wow. from it because they wow. took the time to explain like, hey, you just like, this is a smaller instance of just a bigger problem that we see of just like, you are just not being wise like when you have the chances to do it and when we trust you and it and that has really stuck with me that explanation and and so i really appreciated my parents doing a really good job with that yeah so that's why you wait for your students to become sixth graders before you let them drive your car exactly. Exactly. no fifth graders, no yes. Fifth graders. Yeah. yes bottom line we're just my family is only gonna own manual cars yeah. <laughs> Whatever we can no, no more stick shifts for us so but Joel, that's so cool. I think the uh, the pattern I see with your, your parents there is is their 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 loving attitude towards you in that right and and the shepherding heart. Um, I I was a wild and rambunctious kid, and so I can't think of one, but probably a thousand small instances where I just pushed my parents' buttons and um, drove them insane sometimes. But I remember my father always sitting down, and there was a pattern that he had as he explained what I did wrong and as he coached me on what to do right next time and and then the disciplinary actions, whether it was grounding, whether it was a spanking at times, whether it was uh, no TV, no movies, no hanging out with friends, um, the repercussions, the consequences of my actions, right? Um, he always ended with making me look him in the eyes and tell, and, and he had to verbalize to me, I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I care for you and I don't want you. Sometimes he would say things like, I don't want you to be an idiot when you grow up. I don't want you, you know, in, in some, some humorous ways. And I remember at the time of being in middle school and in high school, I didn't perceive that as loving. I was frustrated. I was angry. I hated it. Um, but as an adult, there was so much, uh, uh, confidence I had in my relationship now with my father as an adult and um, as a father today I'm, I'm that language and that that posture I think that's the same posture of God's heart towards us it sounds mm-hmm. like with your parents as well Joel of, of uh, the posture of love discipline done in love mm-hmm. and so I think that's uh, uh, definitely what we're going to be talking about a little bit today yeah absolutely absolutely yeah discipline you know I think all, all of us have children here um, and discipline, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to be yeah. proactive. It's hard to handle things well in the moment. Um, and I think that there's a lot of common pitfalls that we, or just parents in general, tend to fall into when it comes to discipline and correction. And, um, you know, you guys, whether in your parenting or maybe, you know, as you've watched parents, as you've worked in youth ministry do, what do you guys feel like are some of the common pitfalls that you fall into with the way that you handle correction or discipline with your own children or that you've seen? Well, I think for me, uh, I think, I don't know if this is a guy thing, but I think it kind of is, it's just the idea of control, Mm, like that I get into a control battle with my kids, Mm -hmm. uh, with my son, and particularly, it's all, it's less about what I care about for him, I'm just trying to get him to obey me, because I want to be in control, and the moment that I need control is the moment that I've lost the battle. Because yeah. I lose my calm, I lose any sort of sense of perspective, mm-hmm. but um, I think I lose sight of the goal, and the goal of discipline is 
raising up my son Knox, raising him mm-hmm. up to uh, to godliness, and not I want him to obey me. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially when you have younger kids wanting that control, and then just practically, it's like you're bigger and you can get louder, so you're gonna win, you know. And if you're, I'm not sure I get louder than my three. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, as a as a mom, it, the reality is is that you have got so many different things going on, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so there's all these to dos, and sometimes you allow those to take precedent mm-hmm. over this is the situation. And you, and what I found early on is that I just need to be okay with stopping whatever I'm doing, whether it's in public or whether I have so many things mm-hmm. I've got to do, or if I have to be somewhere, just stopping and. I'll, making that correction right then and there, whether it's, you know, establishing what you did wrong and the consequence, and this is how it's going to happen, what we're going to do later on. Um, But to me, that consistent nature of knowing that my kids are going to get that discipline, whether we're in public, Mm -hmm. whether we're at a friend's house or whether mom is Mm -hmm. stressed and we're two minutes late, I will stop whatever I have to do to let's address that problem. Yeah. Consistency is key. That's awesome. And it's hard. Consistency is super hard. Yeah. One of the things that my husband um, and I try to adhere to is that hard hard choices right then lead to an easier life where if you had easy choices where it's like I'm not going to deal with that now I'm going to just do something else mm-hmm. will lead to a harder life later on mm-hmm. and that applies to just not just discipline but many other things but I felt that that was a real heart here yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely thinking of pitfalls for for my wife and I we've got uh, just twin almost two-year-old daughters and still I think discipline and enacting discipline in my girls uh at the end of the day, I always sit back and have to reflect, and it always challenges me um, uh, in my own personal walk, I think, mm-hmm. with the Lord as I deal with disciplining my kids. But but the two pitfalls that I think I jump into the quickest is discipline isn't an excuse for me to make my kids uh, uh, want to do what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things, in it, and they're just kind of, you, Kevin, you kind of hinted at it. There's just things around the house that I want done a certain way, and if they mess that up and I want to discipline them for that, I'm like, is that really the heart? Be behind discipline, me controlling them, me telling them what to do. And and that too, the consistency of discipline is that discipline doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, I can't expect instant change by tomorrow in my daughters. Um, yeah. Not uh, our TV's kind of low, and one of our daughters just goes up and loves poking the TV every single day, millions of times during the day. <laughs> and I'm like, how many times have I told this child not to touch the TV? Yeah. And uh, and so it's, and she's starting to learn, she's starting to know, and she, she can return around and be like, no touch as she's touching it, you know, no touch the TV, <laughs> just like child. And, and so, but part of that is, I, you know, helping understand that, that change in discipline isn't going to produce fruit overnight. Well, and that's the thing is parenting, when you're parenting your kid, it's intensely personal. Mm-hmm. I'm a 20-year student ministry veteran. I can discipline a kid at camp like nobody's mm-hmm. business and can be loving and hard, like hard and loving at the same time. Yeah. But like when it's your kid, it's different because it's personal. I think some of that is like you take it personally when they disobey. Yeah. You worry about the being in public and if your kid acts up, like what are people going to think about you? Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's all wrapped up into that deal. Like I, this last week, my sister asked me advice about her you know, her preteen. And I was like, I'm a, I'm an all pro advice giver. (laughs) But as I'm stepping into that moment with my, with my son and, you know, I think my wife 
lovingly does a really good job of reminding me like this is about him and are you seeing things through his perspective not through yours yeah right and as they get older you can you can develop into that preteen sort yeah. of attitude of like whenever there's an action like with you Joel there's consequences but even those consequences you know yeah. um, ripple effect out there and yeah. so that could be applied in so many different mm-hmm. ways yeah. and I think when they're young you're just trying to get them to understand that you need to listen to me. There's a consequence short term, mm-hmm. but as they get older, the consequences become more mm-hmm. elaborate and more mm-hmm. complex. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as I've thought about you know, the common pitfalls that we have, and even in our own parenting, um, for our two children and how we handle discipline, is parenting is so easy to just be reactionary all the time mm-hmm. you know to not be proactive in how you discipline or, or really in anything and just kind of react in the moment and what I found is that when I uh, me and my wife and I when we just live in that reactionary place we end up with our discipline only focusing on behavior modification mm-hmm. and just no don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that without a whole lot of explanation into the why mm-hmm. and it's almost like um, you know to, to put it in a it's a piffy, funny way to say it, but it makes so much sense of that. The problem is that we address the fruit and not the root. Like we're addressing, this is the, the product mm-hmm. of something deeper that we need to address. And I think that that is, that difference between addressing the fruit or the root gets into a little bit of the reason and God's heart behind discipline and why he disciplines us and why we're called to discipline our children and the structure in which we're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you guys maybe have done, it sounds like a lot of us have maybe thought proactively about how to discipline and some of that root thing, you know, that really does get at the heart that God has for discipline. So what do you guys, you know, what's some wisdom that you would share about just mm-hmm. as you've discovered God's heart and design for discipline and how that affects how you parent or maybe how you've counseled other parents to parent in this area? Yeah, discipline is, uh, I think there's so many facets of discipline when it comes to how God disciplines us, Um, not just in punishing us when we do bad things, right, but in um, godly discipline of of spiritual habits that are good for us, of creating boundaries in our lives to grow and maturity and those kind of things. Um, but specifically, the, the passage that comes to mind is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, where he's unpacking um, what discipline looks like. And he says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, um, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Um, so this concept truly in the Christian life that discipline comes because the Lord loves us. Mm-hmm. Discipline's going to come because the Lord loves us. And so I think uh, in, in our posture towards disciplining our kids, we have to sit back as parents a lot of times and go, the Lord is still disciplining me as an adult today. Um, I have a heavenly father who wants to sharpen me. And, and the goal of discipline really is to, to become uh, and to be better uh, demonstrations of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. To, be, to come to the likeness of Jesus Christ, um, to constantly be training, um, pursuing uh, uh, Christ-likeness in our own lives. And so uh, I think when we 
our heartbeat towards our kids, that's the goal, right? Is our, I want my daughters to grow up to become like Christ. I want them to model his heart, his not just his behaviors, but his love for others, his care for others. Um, uh, twins fight over everything. And if you don't get two of the same uh, toy, you're going to get some fights. And so a, a quick thing that we have to nip in the bud quickly every time they start fighting over something is reconciliation. Now we can try to explain to them um, why that was mean and why that was wrong. And we do, but they don't fully understand that yet as almost two years old, but it's really sweet and they don't understand what they're doing yet. But we're trying to teach them and model these. Um, tell your sister you're sorry. Sorry, sissy. Sorry, sissy. And we make them hug and kiss after almost every time. Um, and it's really sweet. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. But they really don't know what they're doing yet. But we're trying to model in them these patterns that are going to hopefully bear fruit later on in life, right? Um, but that heartbeat, that it's for the purpose of growing us towards the image of Christ. I think what you're hinting at is having a vision yeah. for your yeah. kids. Uh, in thinking through, I mean, we often think about what, are, you know, what are our academic goals for our kids or our sports goals for our kids. Mm-hmm. But what is the vision for who they want to be, like mm-hmm. what characteristics do you want them to embody, what um, you know, what fruits of the spirit do you want them to have, and to really be specific about disciplining towards those things, not just like you were saying, Joel, the reactionary yeah. things. You know, yeah. for me, uh, I think one of the things of the prayer that I've had for my son before he was even born is that he would be he would grow up one to know Jesus and two. That he would have, uh, he would be a man of compassion and courage, because mm-hmm. I've, and so I've been intentionally praying for that for him, and then looking um, as to how I can build into that. Because we think of discipline as correction, but discipline it really is. It's building um, character into our children's lives, and mm-hmm. so we want them to become not just successful people, yeah. but we want them to be uh, have integrity, have. Mm-hmm be the kinds of people who others look up to because of the character that they embody. Yeah, yeah. I think whenever we discipline to the heart and not so much to the behavior makes a huge impact. I, years ago when my babies were young, um, I was so shocked at my girls completely throwing a tantrum about, you know, just random things. And I was realized, oh my, that is how I react yes. whenever I don't get my way at mm-hmm. times. And and so disciplining to the heart and the root of mm-hmm. what, like what you were saying, Joel, it makes a difference. And I think that it makes us much more intentional with the way we talk and work on reconciliation with our kids to the way that we encourage their hearts, the way that we want them to develop and grow into the vision that we have casted for them. I think that that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to say, it's also got to have a relationship. There's a a relational component. I mean, if you have discipline with no relationship, then your kids are just going to become bitter and hard-hearted and and whatever. But if you have a relationship with no discipline, then there is no, uh, you're not taking on the role of a parent. And I think what I look at in my heart breaks for for parents that grow up um, and they've not nurtured the relationship, mm-hmm. especially a lot of fathers have not mm-hmm. nurtured the relationship along with the discipline is their kids just become bitter and frustrated and angry and they graduate and they don't want to have a relationship with them. And so you got to have that re- relational component and it's got to be explicit. Mm-hmm. You got to explain, like your dad said, yeah. it's because I love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're nurturing that relationship along with the discipline and the boundaries that we all need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think thinking too of, of as a dad, right, that I'm, 
in my relationship with my daughters, I can't constantly be looking for rocks to pick up and look like not every single thing has to be a disciplinary issue. Part of that relationship is having fun with my kid, getting on the floor and playing with them. Um, I think it's all business a lot of the times with my kids and I want to um, always teach them a lesson. I'm dad. I want to provide them with wisdom and knowledge. And and so part of it is, is dads and moms need to sit and have fun with kids. That relationship aspect that you're talking about, Kevin, I think is vital so that when the, the discipline comes and you need to step into that, there's trust there, there's there's love there, there's yeah. tenderness there. Absolutely. It's not spoken from a, a level of thus saith dad and Ryan, but but no, I, I care about you and want what's best for you. I've also seen like the opposite side yes. is yep. the parent who wants to only be the friend yep. Yep. because they don't want to lose the relationship mm-hmm. and they end up being mm-hmm. super permissive and mm-hmm. you know, end up being like, oh, we're best friends, and then there's no way to influence them. And I've seen a ton of kids get ruined by that because they don't have the yeah. the boundaries to stop them from making poor choices or so you, I think as a parent, you got to know which one do you tend to. Do you tend to be the control freak who wants everything yep. your way, or do you tend to be more of like, oh, I don't want to mess up the relationship. Let's have fun. Let's mm-hmm. do whatever. And know that if that's your tendency, then you need to probably balance yourself down the other way. Yeah. And I think that as you build relationship, too, tied into this, you have opportunities as a parent to not only bring about – good, God-centered, addressing the heart, discipline with your child, but also cue them into your life in areas where God is disciplining you and is is guiding and directing you and how you're growing and being changed. Because ultimately, as a parent, what you are preparing them for is to be an adult who submits in obedience to God Mm -hmm. and continues to grow in that area. You know, and, and I think that something that is super important that I've been really challenged with recently is also as you discipline, that discipline should always move towards reconciling what sin is wronged. Mm -hmm. And so in that heart issue, it's not only just saying, hey, don't do that, but saying, hey, you know, this happened and it broke this. And so we need to reconcile what has been wronged here. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not only just when that's against a person, you know, but let's say you have a child, you know, a high schooler that gets an F on a test. And you know that that's uncharacteristic of them. You don't understand why. There needs to be some correction there. Mm -hmm. And explain to them, I'm not just doing this because I want you to get an A. Mm -hmm. But sin is going to want to fracture the relationship that you have with work and productivity and being able to do things excellently for the Lord. And we need to fix that. And we need to reconcile that. And, And pointing your child towards... You know, we're not just going to get you to be a quote-unquote good kid that's behaved. Right. We're going to have you have a heart that when you do something and sin causes brokenness, that you move towards reconciling that with an individual or your relationship with some aspect of God's creation or your life that's fractured by your actions. Yes. I think that that's something that is, you know, and that takes time mm-hmm. and that takes being proactive and stopping and being willing to explain in the moment like you that's, said, Jessica. Absolutely. And consistent. You know, whenever yeah. you show consistently these are the boundaries, then the the child knows when it's stepped out and that that sin or whatever the boundary is has been broken and reconciliation yeah. is going to have to happen. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. So if you're a parent right now and you're listening to this and you're, you know, maybe you're realizing that you fall to one side of the spectrum like Kevin talked about or you're only being reactionary with the way that you discipline and you want to be more proactive, you know, this is kind of making you realize 
I may need to flip the script on some of the ways that I handle discipline, whether that's building more relationship or coming, you know, coming into more of the disciplinary than the friend. What would you guys offer up to a parent who's feeling some of those things and thinking some things might change to kind of get some steps to start heading in the right direction with this? Well, Joel, I think you were hinting at it in the kind of towards the end of that last question. As as we're recognizing that in ourselves, I think going to our spouse, going to our kids, and admitting that, admitting when we've handled discipline wrong. Um, that where. I where I love my dad in a lot of ways, that was something he never admitted his wrongs very often and, and how much more trust could have been instilled. Um, I think we as parents fear admitting our wrongs to our kids because we think we're going to lose credibility or that um, they're not going to trust us if we're constantly asking for forgiveness or saying, hey, I, I disciplined too harshly here. My, my words weren't kind here, th- things like that. Um, but what I've what I've experienced over working with middle schoolers for so long is when a parent really does open up and says, "Hey, I think I handled this a little a little too sternly. Will you forgive me? Will, mm-hmm. will you forgive me?" Um, the, the, I've been praying about it a lot, and God's been really placing it on my heart to to ask for your forgiveness in that. Um, that instills a deeper sense of trust. And I think over the long term as well, um, you are modeling to your kid what it mm-hmm. looks like to submit to the Lord, like you were talking about, Joel, ha- having this. Uh, this open and honest conversation, uh, giving your kids a little more credit um, and challenging them to, to forgive you, challenging them to practice forgiveness, uh, practice um, reconciliation with you, um, and then trying to step out in obedience. Um, it, it, your kids will be a little relieved, I think, to hear you feeling and admitting that you are submitting to the Lord and that you are held accountable to the Lord. Um, and they're also, your kids will kind of tend to be a little more gracious as you admit that as well. They're like, oh, dad's being humble here. Mom's being humble. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When that fights the false belief that I think a lot of kids have that I can't wait to get out from underneath my parents' house because then I'm not accountable to anybody. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, totally. But that's not how life works. Yeah. Well, totally. I, know, I know that for um, a lot of uh, families that it feels like, oh, I just need to start today. You know, mm-hmm. I need to just do yeah. something today. But I think that whenever you set up a real framework with your spouse and you set up mm-hmm. a game plan, you know, whether it's like, okay, when something is up, you know, has gone wrong here, mm-hmm. I, I need you to be my teammate. And mm-hmm. if I am really overreacting, you come in and be like the good copper. Totally. Or, yeah, yeah. Or know that the kids, there's not going to be any discussion for at least an hour, whatever that framework mm-hmm. is for you to establish real parameters. And then um, one of the things that um, of course, if my kids found out about this, they'd know that it was a, it's a trick. But um, asking your kids what could possibly be a punishment for the, mm-hmm. the consequence for whatever they had done mm-hmm. wrong, because they're already feeling guilty, mm-hmm. and they can think of some really great stuff that are maybe not as strict or maybe a bit more focused to the actual consequence of whatever they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it, it's kind of a sneaky yeah. thing, that, like yeah. uh, but as you know, when you're dealing with older kids, that is a real um, reality that mm-hmm. they they know they've done something wrong and a consequence needs to follow. And you're helping them think through their consequences Absolutely. before beforehand, and especially from preteens to middle school. That's that's their brain is not developed. They're they're developing to be able to think through their consequences. Yes. So that's you as a parent coaching them on thinking ahead, thinking about their consequences. But I think it coming together as a teamwork with yeah. your spouse and really mm-hmm. la- establishing like a vision. What you had talked about, Kevin, whether it's like um, we really want to our kids to have these sort of heart conditions. Totally. Um, how can we do that? That and yeah. just being a team about it. Yeah. Like, we're here to raise and, good adults. And even yeah. beyond your spouse, you know, even just who are the people that are going to be major players in my yeah. child's life Absolutely. that would at times be in places to 
to have disciplinary positions, whether that's yeah. a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, mm-hmm. you know, and cueing them into, hey, this is the vision that I have for my child. These are kind of the things that mm-hmm. I, this is how I tend to react when they do these things. And, it, you know, if you care about them, I'd love it if you could help me with consistency. with Yes, them. yes. Like, I'll get you a t-shirt. We can all be on the yeah. same team. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, I, so, and I think for me, one of the things that I, I notice, right, is the older your child gets, the less likely you are going to be the one that observes mm-hmm. whatever behavior or problem that you see, mm-hmm. like, they're going to get, the world gets bigger for them and you're less likely to be the one who catches them in the act. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to be the type of parent that handles um, and is also, that handles those, those times when you find out mm-hmm. after the fact, but also how are you going to be the type of parent who builds a relationship with them so your kids are going to be open and honest who are mm-hmm. going to share when they mess up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the thing is the older uh, your kids get into their teenage years, the more the relationship side of things is is so important to foster that. And I think for me, one of the things, the brilliant things that I learned that I'm still learning, uh, but I heard was the idea of freak out on the inside, not on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that as a parent, you've got to learn to manage the storm that you're feeling underneath when you hear that your kid backs into the fence or, you know, or, you know, sets fire to the carpet or whatever. Um, you have to learn how to keep that storm inside and react calmly because the moment we start overreacting or reacting harshly, it tells our kids that we are not a safe place mm-hmm. to open up and to share about their mess-ups and their confessions. Mm-hmm. And we want them to be, especially as they get older and in, the, in their teenagers, we want them to be able to feel safe to open up about their failures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. We hope that it was a helpful discussion to help you win at home with your student about discipline. Um, If you are looking to grow in your ability to discipline in a biblical way with your child, um, first of all, pray. Pray for yourself and for your child and that God would direct you as you walk in discipline and that he would give you his heart for it. But also know that our staff team is available and would love to meet with you and talk with you. If you are struggling with any issues with discipline with your child, we would love to walk alongside you in this journey to help you win.